Welcome to Love Beyond Limits. We are your hosts, Desire, a polyamorous submissive, and Purity, a monogamous dominant sadist. Our perspectives may differ, but our goal is the same. We are all about empowering you to navigate the crazy world of modern dating so you can get the love you deserve and the sex life the scissors with a hint of king thrown in. Join two friends as they talk about dating dilemmas, teeny sexcapades, and unconventional relationships. Whether you are curious about poly, dipping your toes in the kinky scene, or just want some real talk on love, sex, and the whole shebang, you are in the right place. Together, let's break boundaries and redefine what true love really is. Welcome to Love Beyond Limits. And today we have a special guest. We have a mental health professional that is going to be joining us. I met him uh, quite recently at Pedestal, one of the parties, and we became friends. So I thought of inviting him tonight so we can discuss... Who fetishes? So, Mr. X, do you want to introduce yourself uh, mm-hmm. and tell us a bit more about what who fetishes are and about your interest in the topic? My name is X for now. <laughs> 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 and yes, my interest in uh, food fetish is quite uh, long. So I started when I was very young and uh, my love for uh, psychology and also psychoanalysis and quite very much, pretty much everything uh, related to psychology. It's also <laughs> quite uh, long standing. So that means maybe 20 years of love for psychology and 25 for feet, probably. <laughs> so quite the experience. Can you... Share with us exactly what we are talking about mm-hmm. when we discuss who fetishes. There is there like a spectrum, I imagine. A spectrum? Yes. I would say the white family is uh, kings and food fetish is one of the kings. And uh, yes, food fetish is about having a kind of unusual attraction for another part of the body, which is not the vagina. <laughs> okay, so no, that's the definition of uh, paraphilia, okay, which is all the kings, basically. And uh, yes, foot fetish is one of those, and it's very much about uh, feet, but not necessarily only feet. Some people like also shoes and uh, socks and the smell of the feet and what else. So it's quite uh, a wide spectrum. It's quite wide and quite wild as well. Uh, <laughs> yes. And so what else uh, is included in food fetish? Yes, I would say shoes, uh, socks, uh, stockings. Could we say that women have a food fetish as well? Because I'm interested oh, yeah? in shoes all the time. Even yesterday <laughs> okay. I tried like one new pair of shoes in the store and I was like, hmm, I want to try even that and that. So maybe I <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, you, do, you don't feel aroused by shoes. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> No, if I feel around my shoes, but I feel very sexy when I'm trying it on shoes. I feel like, especially heels or platforms, I feel very sexy. I like the idea, like putting my uh, foot into a like sexy shoe. I like how I feel. Maybe it's not such a kink or like foot fetish, but it's something. You feel turned on. I feel turned on. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. We are like recent friends, but we still uh, <laughs> we still have a lot to know about each other. Uh, how how do food fetishes develop, or are you just born with it? So no, there is no final answer to this. People believe that some scientists or people or whoever believe that uh, it is innate, but uh, it would be really hard to test. Okay, because how do we test that is innate? How do we test it in a child of uh, two months? Yeah. Uh, so no. 
So uh, other theories believe that not it's not innate, but it comes from the uh, development. Okay, so uh, with a lot of factors. So it could be environmental factors, could be whoever you have around, could be a fixation according to Freud in one phase of the development, which is yes, where you get kind of stuck in something. Okay, so you confuse the. Uh, sexual arousal because you start feeling sexual arousal at a certain age also as a child you don't know what it is but you have it and when you have it if you are in proximity of feet you might just get confused or fixated that's the, the word Freud would use uh, what else then there are theories none of them is the final one and uh, none of them can uh, ex exclude the other one okay so then there is what there's a theory of Social conditioning, which is a bit strange. I don't really agree with that one. Uh, so social conditioning, basically, by seeing others, you mean you learn that is a cool thing. But no, I don't agree with that one. Then there is a cognitive uh, uh, theory, and it's about conditioning. It's uh, not too different from the Freud's theory, just a bit more modern. So it's about the conditioning. So when you start having a lot of fun and you are playing around and you start having this kind of pleasure and whatever it is, if there are feet involved just inside, you just associate feet with pleasure. That's it. <laughs> and then they go together and they, they stay together. Okay. So what else? Then there is uh, another theory on uh, the neurology. So the neuroanatomy and functioning of the brain. So they basically say that for some reason, the brain gets confused with the area of sex and the area of feet because they are close to each other because they are, yes, uh, obviously, yeah, this is not proof, this theory, but I could believe it uh, because it seems quite random in many people. So we don't know. But yes, I would completely exclude the cognition. It's not a thing that you start thinking it's like the... Uh, social conditioning is not a thing that you start thinking ah yes maybe I like it maybe I like it and then you start liking it even more no it's a thing you feel it as a child in your belly you feel it I can remember really the very first time I had something like that it was I was I swear I was like three or four years old okay there was in TV a uh, the trailer of a movie, okay, and in this trailer of the movie, a guy lying on the floor and with the girl uh, stomping on his, uh, I don't know if it was the belly or the... Into my part. Yes, but that was so attractive to me, even as a three-year-old, okay, so... I don't believe that is a thing that uh, you learn. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that you already have inside. And then when you see it, you, you just That's very get curious. mesmerized. Because recently, I uh, one of my subs, uh, when I asked him, like, when you realized you have a foot fetish, and he just told me that also by seeing a video on TV about a girl stomping, basically stomping on uh, this guy's face, just felt aroused and he felt, and he was like around six or seven years old, so older, not as a child. And he felt very excited by this and he loved it. And from that moment on, he knew human feet, like there's a connection between them. He realized around the age six or seven. Right, even earlier for me. And I, uh, I worked also with uh, children as a mental health professional. And sometimes we get reports from mom that they start liking feet even at the age of 
three or two or they they really have this attraction for mom's feet yeah uh, the more time in the scene the more i realize that uh, uh, men like have different uh, different kind with this fetish like they are either born with it like you're saying and some realize a very young age one two or three and others realize later by just watching a movie so yes, that's the point. They realize, they realize, but it's not they learn that it's a yeah, they just something that is coming yes, up yes. their mom's feet or their aunt's feet, their sister's feet. Yes, and right. They realize this, but without obviously anyone telling them. It's like just a click, it's produced in the brain. Yes, like yes, this. right. Uh, that's why it could be that uh, the two or three theories, they just get combined for some reason, you know. Could be that there are actually genetic factors plus environmental factors plus something plus psychological factors. We never know. We say this about all the mental health issues, actually, but fetish is not a mental health issues issue. Then what do you think it's arousing about feet? Wow, that's a beautiful question. And uh wow, the answer is that I can tell you from my point of view okay so uh the shape that's the very first thing so not too long not too short not too wide not too uh, narrow okay then uh touching them yes if they are too hard no if they are too soft and a bit you know uh, floppy skin you know we were saying at uh, that time at Paris, so that uh i don't like floppy skin you know i would say uh, veins only a bit okay i don't like it when there are massive Massive veins yes 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 that seems like i don't know a bit like a dinosaur i don't know what (laughs) so then you would say that it's a matter of preference what is common is just the attraction to them but uh, no there is no no rule the the, you know beauty is subjective the majority i would say from those who i spoke until up until now they are attracted to the souls they have uh, souls others like they like the toes yes or like you say like the shape of the feet like entirely shape of the feet uh, yeah i would say uh 60 toes 40 souls but yeah it's the impact okay what counts uh you feel attracted sometimes i can see it with my peripheral vision and i already feel like i am attracted you know in summer where I already feel attracted, okay? Even just with my peripheral vision. Then I want to ask here, what is it about um, dirty feet? I'm more fascinated, like in the past few days, at least, since I made this new account on Fed. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge community on Fed Life. Mm -hmm. People and threads and forums, they are talking about dirty feet. I'm not too experienced in this because I don't like dirty feet, but... I believe there is an element of humiliation in that. Mm-hmm. So if you like dirty feet uh, of all the girls, means that you just like humiliation from anyone, okay? Then if it's specific to one girl, yes, you like humiliation mm-hmm. just from that kind of girl, okay? But uh, no, I cannot imagine any other reason to uh, like in, uh, dirty feet. Uh, can you think of one? Uh- <laughs> I, I was, I'm I'm going to associate it with humiliation as well. Some of them just they say they like dirty feet, but others they also like leaking dirty feet or cleaning dirty feet, and they go deeper into like cleaning the boots, cleaning the okay. sneakers. Like if you if you wear something else, not only the feet, so the dirt basically goes even beyond that. So I wouldn't say it just remains only. Okay, okay. Like, a passion, like for dirty shoes. 
as well, or like dirty socks. Yeah, you see, dirty shoes, it, it gets a bit more on the other side of the spectrum, okay? So I would say on one side, there is clean, beautiful feet, mm -hmm. okay? And on the other side, there is dirty shoes and stuff. I would say that's the spectrum of foot fetish. In the middle, there is maybe socks, maybe uh, sandals, maybe these other things. And yes, that's the other end of the spectrum. So I don't really have big experience with that. But yes, I think that's the reason why people like uh, dirty feet and could be also the smell. So I'm thinking of something else now. Uh, so in our temporal lobe, there is both the cortex for the smell and also there is the hippocampus and also the amygdala a bit uh, deeper down, a bit deeper, okay? So these things, they are very close to each other. So it could be that the smell triggers some kind of emotional reaction in the amygdala, because that's where the emotions are, connected to the hippocampus, which is the area, is our hard disk, okay? So it could be, I'm just guessing, that they had some kind of experience in the past, and this experience uh, remained uh, stored in the, uh, that kind of circuit between hippocampus, amygdala, and uh, olfactory uh, cortex. And I'm guessing that's why they love it, because it goes so straight from smell to emotional mm -hmm. content, emotional, that they love it, okay? And I guess it's because of some experiences, uh, but yes, I don't have a definite answer. But yeah, that's really interesting. So there is really little uh, distance between the uh, olfactory cortex and uh, the uh, hippocampus and the amygdala. That's why it's so immediate for some people, I guess. Because someone was just telling me that he is like really aroused by a particular smell, like the smell of cheese. And someone else was like uh, aroused by the smell of like fruit, fresh fruits crushed by the feet. So they could also associate not all the smell, but a particular smell. Your theory and what you just shared. Like, like yeah. Interesting because yeah, something maybe. Uh, oh, wow. or as a childhood they associated with either Jesus. we need to ask them if they can remember something in their childhood the next question i think we already answered because i was going yeah. to ask uh, what age do you think uh, people realize they have a food fetish very early unless they they repress it maybe they'll be repressing it for long well in my case it was so early that uh but yes if you realize it in your 40s probably it's been repressed it's been kind of unacceptable for you or for your partner and we have no answer to this but developing it at 40 wow that's a bit late and i no you just never let you explore it before i'm just thinking like for me i don't have a psychical fetish i've had other kings that i wasn't allowing myself to explore and i've had these thoughts in my head all my life so you had thoughts about it not about feet, about other kinks, but the, but the link here that I'm trying to make is that I had these thoughts in my head that I thought were somehow wrong, yeah. or I shouldn't have. I'm wondering if you are not okay, or if you've been told that even if your fetish is wrong somehow, is there any stigma that you face, that people face when realizing a fetish? Of course, of course, but it was big stigma. So let's make a comparison with having foot fetish and being uh, gay, homosexual. Depends very much on the era you are in. 30 years ago, uh, it was like in Italy or wherever it is. It was kind of shameful, but also it was a mental 
health disorder. It was called disorder of uh, gender identity, uh, being gay, being homosexual. Okay, so uh, 20 years ago, foot fetish was also actual uh, mental health disorder. Okay, the paraphilia in DSM-4, they were not okay. So they were mental health issues. So now the stigma comes from the norm. If the norm says that being gay is not normal, yes, there is a lot of stigma. And yes, uh, you have to be repressed. Then world got more open to gay people before it became not anymore a gender identity disorder, but it became normal. Next step was for the world to recognize the foot for the fetish, okay, fetishes, okay? And this is so cool because in DSM-4, I just checked again, uh, having a foot fetish or paraphilia, it was a proper uh, atypical sexual arousal up to the uh, DSM-4. So atypical, so basically if you had a foot fetish uh, up to the DSM-4, so it was like the 2010, when DSM-4 uh, was still the uh, main uh, mental health uh, manual, a statistical manual for mental health disorder, up to 2010, if you had a foot fetish, you had a mental health disorder. Okay, you had an atypical uh, arousal. Now it's not anymore. DSM-5 came out in 2012. So in uh, DSM-5, uh, as long as you are functioning, you don't have a problem. So you have a foot fetish and you still have a family life, a partner, a, a working life, uh, whatever. You can be still sociable, you can still be not a big weirdo. <laughs> uh, that's perfectly fine. The problem comes from old-minded people right now, okay? So we know that in London, uh, foot fetish became not a taboo 20 years ago. You told yeah. me last time, okay? So the first uh, foot fetish club in London was pedestal. pedestal and it was 20 years ago we went together to Pedestal's birthday and so that's when the people started saying like gay people okay we have a different way to like sexuality we don't kill anyone we don't harm anyone we don't do anything wrong we want to have freedom to have clubs to do this stuff okay yeah. and that's when it became a kind of normal and now I can say in 2024 for, it is not normal to have problems with people with foot fetish. It's like uh, in 2020, it became not normal to have problems with uh, gay people, okay? Yeah. So I would see... It's I more would... normalized nowadays. Yes, right, especially in London, 2024. Like the world is embracing all types of people, sexuality, orientations, and also it's interesting to use the term atypical. Atypical arise, yes. what is atypical, right? Yeah. Because anything that was outside of the vanilla paradigm was yes. atypical. Yes. No, but it doesn't mean that it is, right? it doesn't mean it's just different, but it's not necessarily atypical, right? And as long as you can function, that's perfectly fine. As long as you don't do crazy things for it, as long as you don't get the actual addiction. As long as your girlfriend doesn't complain about it, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Once you realize that you have a fetish and you are the new partner, how do you communicate? Because I was with like my last monogamous relationship was with a man that had a fetish. And when we first started being intimate, he didn't tell me he had a fetish. I okay. just noticed that he was paying a lot of attention to my feet. Nice. And I put to myself, that's a full fetish. But I was enjoying it so much that frankly, I didn't care. You were enjoying the fitness? You just said, you just said the key to everything. 
and I got to that key after a few years of uh, practicing uh, telling girls about my food fetish and all of this stuff and you just got to the key of that. Uh, the way to not be a weirdo with uh, telling your partner about food fetishes, first don't tell it uh, too early, second don't ask too much. I like to make it clear from the beginning that that's a part of the body that I like and I just want to know yes or no if they're okay with that. That's what I want to know. If they say no and you are a weirdo means that they are uh, really antique in their mentality, close-minded, or they have really ugly feet, <laughs> or uh, whatever they are, I don't need them, okay? Because if they just, if I just say, you know, I like of a girl, I like hands, I like uh, the hair, the eyes, and I also like feet. If they just, if already from there they say, no, you're a weirdo, a cough, and all of this stuff, that's not the kind of girl I want. Well, a match. Yes, of course, of course. If they say yes, that's perfect, okay? But I keep it I keep it as a yes, but I don't insist until we get more uh, intimacy. intimacy. Uh, that's the way. So then, don't make a big deal of that. Don't start asking about pictures and whatever, can I give you a massage and all of that stuff. No, once you are close enough, just start doing it nicely, okay? Just maybe starting from one kiss or one little massage and see how she reacts. 90% of times she reacts very good, okay? 10% of times she's a bit ticklish or stuff like that, okay? 1% of time you could not catch that she's one of those who believes that food fetish is weird uh, stuff, okay? But yes, this is what I normally do. And yes, don't make a big deal of that. That's the thing. And uh, the way your ex did it, it was very good because he waited for the right time and then he associated it with intimacy, with pleasure. And so you couldn't say no. For me, it was a very positive discovery. I had no idea even just how many nerve endings are in the feet and the pleasure they can bring. Yes. Yes. What if he told you from the beginning, I want to see your feet from the day one? I would have thought it's a bit weird, right. but I would give it a shot. It's something that even though I wasn't thinking about, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to sexuality and I would try most things at least once. Yeah, about date two, right? What if it took it that was from message one? I think it would have been even weirder, no? The thing is that I get now single and solo poly in date and I am on different apps. I get also guys that tell me their fetishes literally from message one before even the first date that okay and for me i always reply dude they're going way too fast because i yeah. i don't even i haven't even met you i don't even know if i like you let alone if i want to have sex with you so yes. i don't need to know your fetishes yes the comparison yes the comparison is with uh dick pics or something like that okay yeah. with being really explicit about having sex okay so same rules apply uh, you can say yes i like that kind of fit but only once and only really briefly okay but then uh, don't push for it i would say and uh, wait for the right time i would say that as a matter of respect whatever uh kink you have whatever, whatever fantasy you have wait until you have established a chemistry with the person actually right. open that conversation you guys you are talking here about someone talking about happy cases about someone <laughs> happy cases happy cases yeah about someone that really wants to establish a real connection you are assuming that that guy uh, wants to see you again and again and again what are you doing or 
as a guy, I wonder what it will be if you know that you don't want to establish a real connection and you don't want to see that girl 10 times in a row. Maybe you want to have just a hookup or a one night stand and you want to feel good and you want to take much pleasure in your food fetish. How do you tell her like from straight away? Or maybe you know that oh, I'm going to have this girl only for one week or two weeks. Then you have to like really fast forward and to start talking about these things like from maybe message one or message two. Like you don't have time. You don't have time to build that connection well to be moving from girl to girl i don't know but he will have to be fast-paced or maybe this is an alarm sign that someone that will tell you from one or day two may be like a red flag that you will realize hmm, maybe he's not into building a yes right so i would say same rules as hookup apply most girls don't like it uh, if you try just a fetish hookup it's not gonna work uh, in most cases what else is bad about hookup that uh, there is no love there is no connection and you tell me what girl likes to have a relationship with no connection i mean maybe 10 percent of girls say that in this case that you know that you have a food fetish is it really worth to have only hookups because in only hookups or like one night stands or like very short term like i think you can have the most enjoyable time only with one girl like you have to develop like see her a few times connection is made by eyes and uh, a lot of stuff and no i don't believe in uh hookups uh fetish hookups there are some who get yeah. their pleasure only by looking uh, online at uh, pictures of the feet and mm -hmm. just that's why like being on fed life they are active all the time and they are maybe getting their kink every day by you know scrolling, scrolling and seeing photos every day of feet and then maybe they are going to uh going to a date with a girl and they are already you know they're aroused they are already in the mood and maybe on from the first date or like second date they are going to burst up the question and they don't care about forming a real connection because they are okay. and they are feeding themselves from like being online so it's a different kind of issue from like the separate from the fetish there's it's not something here with the coaching because there's nothing wrong with the fetish itself yes yes but if you are someone that doesn't want connection you have some other issues yes. like anyone everyone can be emotionally unavailable regardless of what they enjoy enjoy yeah yeah and this brings me <laughs> to to another question is like when does a kink become a mental health issue as long as you can function you're fine that's not a mental health issue you don't need any treatment you don't need anything so you can have a life you can have a family a partner that's perfect you can still have sex that's also a very important thing you can still have normal sex Yes, that's perfect. But if you get to the point where you can get aroused only if there are feet involved in sex, it's still okay as long your partner is okay with that. But no partner would like it. Someone just told me this recently that in order to get going, he needs the feet. Otherwise, just like okay. from normal vanilla interaction, it would be like very difficult or would not be the same. So he okay. needs the feet in order to start mm. the party going so that mm. was very that was very interesting to me because i was otherwise like without the feet like if you cannot see the feet if you cannot touch the feet he wouldn't be in the mood so you really have to be in an appropriate environment okay i guess there is a spectrum also on that yeah somebody really needs 100 percent feet to get aroused and others can have normal sex and only look at feet and already be very good then uh, if we answer the question like when does uh when does a kink become a mental health issue i would say yeah. when do you think 
it becomes okay maybe not a mental health issue but when do you think it's becoming an obsession to what point it depends how much time you spend on it yes and if that time takes time to your social life or other kind of life your working life and whatever so yes there are people who really get addicted also to porn uh, yeah. food fetish porn or any kind of and I can include porn. like all the fetishes but since we are yes. talking about fit fetishes I'm obviously asking about this but obviously it's like regarding all kinds of fetishes because there are men and even women who like spend a lot of time online yes getting the addiction from their king yes and so that's the the point where you should think that you're messing up your sexual life and your also your social life probably i mean there are people who unfortunately get to watch uh, porn videos or sex videos or fetish videos for many hours a day uh, and then these people, obviously, they get aroused only with that kind of video. And also, as your brain gets adapted to that kind of kink, that level, yeah. then it wants more and more, like with all the addictions, okay? Yeah. So if you get to the point where, I don't know... You are consuming they... this kind of material like every day, yeah. then it's exactly like a, an addiction, like a, a drug, I would say. Like you would need it more and more and like more powerful and more powerful. Like yes, to be stronger more scenarios, more uh, uh, role play, you know, because uh, we all know that uh, fetish videos uh, online, there are all the types, okay? There is also role play, and fantasies that you know the boss and the the, no, the, slave, the boss and the employee yes. and the teacher yeah. and I guess at some point oh, each step becomes normal so the fantasy about the boss and that one okay the, uh, uh, but, so yes becomes normal and then you need to go on to the next, next step which is more extreme so that's when you get messed up because you never stop you get to the more extreme extreme steps and you lose your uh, normal sexual life you, are, you have to keep a balance i guess you get to keep a balance as i know some of the guys like as i said i'm recently on fed life and i already received so so many messages and so many emails and some of them are telling me like they are every morning even before going to work or while they are in the train on their yeah. way to work or something they are just opening the website and they are clicking on uh, pictures okay. of their to you know like just like you know masturbating before going to work uh, uh, so yeah, they are just like i don't know yeah yes. for like 30 minutes and so on they are scrolling and they are looking at feet click click like love love photos. so i'm thinking oh. like at that point that's why i was asking myself when is it a mental issue then when is it an obsession and when is something that it's just a kink i have a food fetish i'm enjoying mm -hmm. it myself i'm enjoying it with my partners or others mm, so obsession becomes when the frequency increases and also obsessions uh by definition is uh, also kind of uh we call it ego dystonic uh thing so ego syntonic is that something that uh, you like you do it because you like it and ego dystonic is when you don't like it, but it still comes to your mind. So the obsession, the OCD obsession is called obsession because you don't really want that kind of pressure to, uh, let's say the uh, OCD would be tapping three times, okay? You don't want it, but it keeps coming to your mind and it's telling you if you, do, if you don't do that, something bad happens, okay? So if fetish gets to that point that you really need fetish, otherwise you will feel super depressed, yes, that becomes a kind of obsession, and yes, you messed up. I was saying before about men, uh, she receives from men, but maybe women as well, the sad messages, uh, 
the first message is about again are you into this fetish yeah. i worship your feet or whatever it is so yes. you say there's someone that sense that looks for women or partners of life for example and is only looking to fulfill their fetish yeah. without wanting to have an emotional connection mm -hmm. would you feel that there's a warning sign that it could tie into an obsession or mental issue or is just maybe they're just being too enthusiastic or just being mm. uh, not maybe messing their approach sure no depends no no i don't think it's a warning sign because that could be that some people have open relationship with one girl they do vanilla stuff with that girl they do sex with that girl and they are looking also i call it level one okay so they do my maybe just kissing just little foot fetish with one girl and then they're looking for other girls for level two to doing the dirtier stuff okay so that could be the case but no i don't see it as a as being on the uh, pathway to have a mental health issue no i i just see it as a clever stuff to do actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One example in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Mm, anonymous cannot uh -uh. say. <laughs> but yeah, maybe uh, that's interesting. And I, I, I felt a little bit guilty, desire when you just ask, like, oh, if they ask, like, from the first time, like yesterday while I was in the tube. <laughs> well, while I was waiting for the tube, I was like super cold with my jacket on, super cold, and this um, was uh, this uh, hot guy. And he was like not wearing a ja uh, jacket whatsoever. He was just in his uh, training suit. It was a bit cold, but he was like braving up, not showing it. I said like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like you're looking at me, but I'm like super cold. And we started, uh, he flirted and we started flirting and talking. And then like, not even like five minutes into the chat, uh, while he was uh, telling me about, uh, about his friends, a little bit about his vanilla life. And I detected a little bit of sadist in him. Uh, by the way that he talk and he replies and I said like you should do this BDSM test mm. like right, right away I said you should do this BDSM test and I bet that you have a little bit of sadist in you you know so basically we started like talking about the king like in five minutes I said what is this test and I said no worries like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to send you the link because yeah. already made a bet earlier like after the two minutes we made the bet I earned the bet and he said okay like now because I lost I have to get your phone number. And then I just sent him the BDSM test and he was like, wow, like we are starting talking about this. Like, so I felt a little bit guilty desire when you just asked now. Hmm. To me, that just means that you are open. European about who you are, about your sexuality, but, but you did not ask him to play in five minutes of meeting him. That's what I was talking no, about. I, I didn't. I just I just recognized in him like the same replies or jokes that I yeah. have with my friends or sometimes maybe with you. Could very well be just flirting for some people. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a small percentage of people that are just you know, collectors or they just want to find one play partner after the other without ever the intention to manifest or create the connection emotionally. Yes, that could be. Good luck to them. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it's a strategy that could work. Well, in time, no? Yes. Uh, I don't know, unless they have a great strategy, they have a magic technique. <laughs> no, I don't believe the normal girl, the average girl would... would yeah, you like think this. that you go just like for one night and you can get like the maximum pleasure only from one encounter. Maybe that could be very rare. As I was talking today, actually, because I'm, uh, uh, I'm talking and I'm always uh, keen to learn from other uh, sadists or other doms out there. And I was talking to a dom actually today on Fat Life. Uh, he's uh, a dom and actually a sadist as well. 
that. And uh, he was telling me, he was giving me some advice essentially from uh, his experience. And he was saying, beware of the subs that want to fulfill their fantasy only from uh, one dome and maybe because i'm not a pro dome he, he was yeah, a yeah. Dome. those who are looking even for the freebies who are looking only for one night stand because that's their goal to fulfill some kind of fantasy only with one dominating person on one say they move to the other one so basically they are on purpose not looking for a real connection so whatever thing they have they want to you know put it in place and they want to try it with you so i guess they end up paying for doing that yeah that's <laughs> that's their self-explanation for like going to, you know just one time trying it one time and that's that so that was interesting. Like the more I talk to people, the more I find out. I'm, I'm still, I'm still new in this. We covered a lot of ground in this mm. conversation. So is there anything else that you would like to mention that we haven't covered yet about who fetishes? No, I think we covered a lot. Is there a message that you would like to leave? our listeners with maybe people, people that enjoy who fetishes yeah. are ready to finally embrace these fetishes? What would you say to them? Open up. Yes, and it did not really, it really changed my uh, life. I am sexually much, much happier since I opened up to my foot fetish, okay? So I was uh, quite shy when I was like 18 about my foot fetish. So I started with my first girlfriend and then I, I started seeing it as a normal thing that I don't harm, I don't hurt anyone, okay? So... Since then, I got more and more confident in explaining what it is and uh, also getting people to open their mind. And uh, yes, the big message is uh, you are not a weirdo if you don't do it in a weird way. Feet are attractive and there is nothing wrong with that. And uh, just follow the normal rules for approaching and speaking to a girl and all of these things. So connection and no one night stands and all of that stuff thank you so much i really i really enjoyed this closing because uh, actually the one of the happiest uh, people that i uh, know uh, are actually the ones that are really open about their fetishes and about who they are and when i ask them and like uh, how come you are like so easygoing they said but everyone knows my family knows my brother my sister knows my friend right. they maybe don't practice the same they don't have the same kinks or the fit fetishes but like not nothing changed they are still my friends they are right. friends and they, they, we are open and said so like they accept me as as i am and i have uh, and i have no problem with that but the other ones who i'm asking i said oh no nobody knows my family my brothers nobody they are still a little bit shy and they said they are kind of living in two worlds i have oh i have my job i don't want anyone to find out about my my kings but i'm also going and maybe socially going to these parties and enjoying myself only like i don't know 20 30 percent of the time and then spending their lives online you know instead of like trying and being open yeah, and being right. in the community you know since you are at this party sometimes and some of them even online they are afraid to come to the parties like oh maybe someone is going to see me if at that party someone is going to see you they are also they are having a king they are also in the scene so you you shouldn't be afraid of that yes right and i i want to say again we don't hurt anyone okay we don't harm anyone and uh it's not illegal it's not dangerous it's not fattening so it's <laughs> a beautiful thing yes 
Yes, that's the the most important message about uh, food fetish and kinks in 2024. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much thank for so much. sharing uh, everything with us. It was like really precious. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse, maybe we'll have you again in some yeah. other topics, some other topics <laughs> uh-huh. in the future. So Desire? Yeah, thank you for being with us. Thank you everyone for listening. And to the ladies out there, take care of your feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go for pedicures, more often. Yes. In the next episode, and don't forget to check our Patreon's page, Love Beyond Limits. We'll have some juicy content out there and maybe some of my kinky stories. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Lobby on Limits. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all the resources and links mentioned in this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you are listening to podcasts. We are on all the main platforms. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps others find us too. Shane is caring, so if you know someone would dig this, pass it on. And remember, love has no limits. Keep seeking, keep loving.